Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Anyway, I want to introduce Stephen Lorraine Box. They have been um, in Jessica in my life since 2009. And literally within, I think, the first couple of months of moving to Redding, California and starting at Bethel, um, we were going to a new members class on Sunday mornings. I think that's where we met, isn't it? So literally, they started going to Bethel the same month that we did, which is crazy. So we, we started meeting, like talking to them. You know how you, they make you greet each other, and half of you are awkward, and the other half of you are the ones who make them feel awkward, you know? So, but it was one of those moments we met them, and, uh, and so it, it was just an instantaneous click. Like, we just felt this amazing kindred spirit, and we started connecting, and we just realized, man, we were right. This was a kindred. They became our spiritual mothers and fathers, like, immediately. And they've been faithfully connected in our lives ever since. And they've walked through the highs and the lows and the deeps and the narrows and everything with us. Um, they, they were there with us when we had our first pregnancy and celebrated that. And then our, our loss in the first pregnancy, and they walked through tragedy with us. Um, they've been part of, of us um, just seeking the Lord for God's plans for our futures and stuff and blessing it and correcting it when needed. And <laughs> we receive that in the name of Jesus. Uh, but it's been good, though. But they, they've helped us, actually helped us um, take risks under the covering and the blessing of spiritual mothers and fathers. And so um, they're on our apostolic board here at Overflow. So as a church, I just think it's really important that we show them great honor um, because they're not just guest speakers. They have really invested their hearts into seeing us succeed as a church. Um, and they love you guys, by the way. This is like this is like grandma and grandpa coming to a birthday party, right? So it's kind of what this is like. But um, when, and as Stephanie said, we're going to take a special offering up for them at the end, and you know we, let's, we have an opportunity to really sow a lot of love back into them on that time. But right now, I want you guys give them a, just a big welcome right now. We're excited. Wow. How many of you were here last year in October when we were here? Raise your hand. Wow. Okay. How many of you were not? Okay. So we've got some new newbies. That's awesome. Well, we're Steve and Lorraine, just in case there's any confusion. This would be Steve. That's right. And I would be Lorraine. And uh, You can tell because of the hair. Always, always, always. Yeah, but we really do count it a privilege to be here. We are excited to be here. I was—we've been calling it your birthday, your your fifth birthday. Mm-hmm. You're using the word anniversary, but I think we're going to use it birthday too. Does that work? Totally. Okay. Good. Awesome. Well, I think sometimes when you talk about birthday, there's kind of a more of a celebratory spirit going on there. You know, it's like you like to do a little birthday dance or sing happy okay, birthday. Okay, go or, for it. You know, I was thinking about that. <laughs> I was thinking that I might just cut loose and do something, and then I thought about the fact that <clears throat> I want to be able to walk when I leave and, and head back home. Yeah. 
Oh, well, it's just really, really good to be here with you guys. This is such a special time and season in your lives as, as a family. And what we're going to do is we're going to kind of speak to you in the language of family today. Can we do that? Yeah. yeah. Um, so for those of you who don't know us, we've been married 45 years. We have about 35 years um, of vocational ministry. And presently, we, we moved from Reading to North Carolina mm -hmm. in December of 2021. And, um, and we really, you know, in many times, most of our moves have all been for ministry. Mm -hmm. But this move was a move for friendship. And so many of our friends had left Reading and were kind of being dispersed all over the place. And we knew we have probably one more move left in us. And where do we want to spend the rest of our days, right, together? And so it ended up being, I know, we didn't choose. It was a big, it was, it was really like, you're not coming here? Exactly. You know? Yeah. It, it was like one of those thoughts, you know? Um, what was that? We, we yeah. do. We have many children everywhere. And um, so we ended up landing there in North Carolina, and we're, this December will be two years, it seems mm -hmm. possible that that's the case. But um, we're thriving. We have, um, for those of us, for those of you who maybe have friended us on, on Facebook, we have purchased a piece of property, and we're working on the build. We have the road So what you're it. saying is we actually have another move in us. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. But um, so we covet your prayers in the next year or so as we really, this is a 25-year dream when we were missionaries in Kenya. Um, and we felt like our time at the church that we were on staff with was coming to a close. We were praying about relocating there in Kenya up north and really creating a resting spot for missionaries and for pastors. I mean, we saw the um, need for it. We felt the need for it. Yes. We just didn't know how to do it. And actually, looking back now on that time, if we would have done it, we could have provided a good place to sleep, we could have provided good meals, we could have provided prayer, but that would have been probably the extent of what we could have offered at that point. And what we didn't know that is that God gave us a vision for our future in seed yeah. form. Yeah. And so here we are 25 <clears throat> years later. We feel a bit like Abraham and Sarah uh, in our mid-60s. And we're building a house, and really the whole space, our whole place is really designed around a resting place for pastors and missionaries yeah. and leaders yeah. who need rest mm -hmm. and who are in crisis. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's awesome because all of the things that we've done in these last 25 years have completely prepared us for mm. such a time as this. And um, so we're excited, and um, it's just a privilege to be here with you guys. Today. It really is. When, when Jesse and Jessica got a hold of us and told us, hey, we're going to have this time, we'd love for you to be there, we just couldn't see any way of not coming. I mean, it's like... So we they, left the they, beach. They, exactly. We were actually to join you. at the beach down <laughs> in the southern part of North Carolina doing a, a reignite for a couple that flew in. Those are mm -hmm. the five-day intensives that we do with couples. And so we were down there and decided to push it and leave a little early from down there, drive back home, unpack, do some laundry, repack, repack and fly out here. So we're so here. So we're here. Yeah. This is it. All right. Yeah. So five. Every five-year-old loves a party. <laughs> is it true? So that's what we want to do. We want to just have a little bit of a party with you today. We're not going to bring any big heavy revy, mm. but what we hope to do 
is just celebrate with you on your birthday, okay, and give you a vision for the next five years. Can Which we do that together? Super fun. We All just right. we want to really create that vision, and really part of you know, like Jesse said, it's kind of like grandpa and grandma coming to the family. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I have to I have to just accept the fact that I am a grandpa, and uh, even though I don't necessarily like saying it that way, I really enjoy my grandkids. So this is super fun to just celebrate with y'all in this place. Now, right. when I first started thinking about um, five and five years, I went several places. I mean, obviously, when a child reaches five years of age, there are some kind of development markers that you can look for. And right. obviously, every child is independent, and they all do little, you know, and every church is the same way. It's not kind of unique. just a mm -hmm. plan. But we can look for markers. And there were several things that we just kind of, Lorraine and I, thought about. And so we want to just share some of those with you and some of those markers that we saw. Yeah. So five is the number of what? Grace. Five is the number of grace. And grace is the empowering presence of God. I want you to say that with me. The empowering presence of God. It is the ability to do now what you couldn't do before. Which really kind of speaks to a readiness. There's a readiness that comes on you at different yeah. times and seasons, and God will start to bestow certain things on you then because he sees and knows you're now actually ready for right. that. One of the things that she already shared was that we're in the middle of this building project and we're doing a home. And the interesting thing is, is when we first got there, we had a vision. And we were excited about trying to get things going. Now, obviously, because of splitting lots and we're between city and county, there's a lot, all kinds of bureaucracy, okay? And so part of what we were dealing with was a slowdown <laughs> with what we really wanted to speed up and do. And we, yeah, we were hoping we'd be in the house. Yeah, we thought we'd be now. in it by now. We'd be actually enjoying that. But here we are. We've got a road in to the build site. And we actually haven't even graded the build site yet. But in the meantime, we've really worked with a, a friend of ours who's an architect. And just in terms of what Lorraine and I have been sharing and more visionary between the two of us and thinking, what is it that we really need? What is it that we want? What do we feel like we're going to? And the vision has kind of morphed a bit. And because we've actually had time that was there and we've decided to not be frustrated, in the process. In the process of being slowed down. We looked at that, actually, now we see it as an incredible blessing because, actually, it has evolved into something that's different from what we probably would have started with. It's going to be better able to serve what yeah. we really feel like God's put in our hearts to do. And so what we want to say to you is um, five years could seem like a long time for some of you. How many of you have been here less than two years? Okay, so some of you, how many of you would say, you've been here pretty much the full five years? Okay, so that's great. So in this process, sometimes we can feel like, oh, we're not getting enough done. We're, enough is not happening. But we want to say to you that um, you now have the ability to do what you haven't been able to do before because of readiness. Mm -hmm. There's a readiness. There's a season that God's bringing you into of readiness. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8 says, And God is able to make all what? Grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. A shortcut for that word grace is power. Mm -hmm. 
So you guys are stepping into at this time of this five-year mark a whole new level and appreciation, experience, and value for the power, God's empowering presence to be with you. So five things that we want to celebrate with you, and we're going to move quickly. These are things that we have seen present in you that were in Jesse and Jessica's hearts from the beginning, us conversations in Reading and hearing their heart and knowing their heart, them coming, people rallying around them. These are five things that we want to celebrate with you. And the first one is this, that you've had a clear mandate. Everybody say, we've had a clear mandate. Overflow Indy has a clear mandate for this region. While there have been adjustments to the how and the timing, the what and the why have remained the same. Everybody say, amen. Amen. Okay? Even in times of opposition from within and from without, Jesse and Jessica, as your leaders, have not wavered for the vision of this house. And that is a gift to you that we want for those of you who are new that you've not quite grabbed onto the mandate of the house. We want you to grab a hold of this, that there's a clear mandate of, for this house, for this fellowship. Habakkuk 2.2 tells us that, you know, you're supposed to write the vision down, make it plain, so the runner can run with it. it. And so that's what they've been doing from the beginning, is just talking and re-upping this vision and talking about what their mandate is and what they feel like God has given them for this region so that you guys can actually run forward. And it is going to be a community effort. It's not just going to be one or two people. Everybody say, Mm. we're running with them. Proverbs 29:18 from the new from the Passion Translation says when there is no clear prophetic vision people quickly wander astray. So it's a clear uh, understanding of your mandate that empowers you to stay focused and on course. Number 2, you guys have kept the first thing first, which is making room for the Holy Spirit. It's like having made room for the Holy Spirit really to be present with you in worship and in word. It also really just it comes down to your pursuit of God as an individual, but then also as a community of believers as well. You guys have made room for the prophetic, for healing, for salvation, for discipleship, courses and training. You've got um, people and places, things in place so that you become the fullness of what God has for you. So you've kept the first thing first, not lost yeah. uh, focus. The and third, actually, at the sorry, at different ahead. times we've been here, there have been just, we've, we've witnessed personally, and then also sometimes when we tap in online just to see what's going on here if we're not around, <laughs> we have seen where there has not been a rush to go somewhere when Holy Spirit's doing something. It's like, no, you just kind of embrace it. And I've, we, we've seen Jesse just kind of just stop and lean over the, the front here and just let the Holy Spirit go. And I think that's part of it. Obviously, there is an agenda that you have, the things that you're wanting to put in place. But this is where, you know, being able to just flow with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit when he's there and being willing to lay your own plans aside when he's doing something different, that is something you never want to lose. And, and it's a corporate thing, but we want you to grab a hold of it as a personal thing. In your home, that you're making the first thing, the first thing. That you're making room for his presence with you. You're making room for his leadership in your life. You're making room to know him, to be known by him, 
to encounter him, to experience him. Okay, so keeping the first things first. The third thing is that you've been committed to overcoming obstacles and hardships. Can I hear a witness? You know, sometimes you, you've heard people maybe say that, hey, if it's God, it's going to work. And that is a true statement, but he never said it was going to be easy. And in fact, sometimes we, we kind of say this, Graham Cook uh, used to say Friend this quite a bit, that was in the church with us there in Vacaville, and he used to say that sometimes God, by his wisdom, will right. allow things that he could very easily prevent by his power. Because he knows beginning from the end. He knows what you need. He also knows that you are going to be tempered as you move through so that you will be ready and fired and hard to really uh, not break down under, under pressure. John 16, says that in the world, uh, you will have what? Tribulation. Mm. You're going to have hardship. But what? what is the admonition in that verse? Be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. His blood flows through your veins. That means you are an overcomer. That God has allowed you to have what you need inside of you, which is who? Holy Spirit, right? To navigate the difficulties and hardships. When I think back of, of the first time we came to visit you guys, you were meeting in a school. And those Sunday mornings were brutal. Who was here helping with the Sunday mornings? Uh, yeah. the, the packing, the unpacking, the yeah. repacking, the moving, the, this, the storing, the, that is exhausting. We were missionaries in Kenya, and our church met in a soccer stadium for, I think, six of the last mm -hmm. nine, ten years that we were there. And in the pouring rain... It was outdoor stadium. In the pouring rain, they were setting up a portable stage with scaffolding and, and everything. And there was something that got developed in our lives during that season. Pressure, affliction, and hardship mm -hmm. is what nurtures and cultivates character in your life. So it's through obstacles, it's through hardship, it's through loss that something is being developed and built in you. We know what's been going on here. We talk with the kids all the time. And, <laughs> and, 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 and you know, Jesse's sending a text. Hey, do you have some time to connect? We need to talk about some things. And, and so when we're Zooming with these guys and they're sharing with us, wow, this is what's going on. We don't know. We don't know how to feel about it, but, but God. Mm -hmm. Jesse's so good about, but God. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know I need to do this process, but we just, we just want to be with you in this place, in this situation, in this loss. You guys have undergone a loss of some people that you love, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And that's not easy. You have become a family. You are small enough of a body and a community to have bonded, to have connected lives, to be sharing life. And when somebody leaves, it's on, you, you, feel, you feel a little bit torn. On one side, you're very excited for what they're going to, provided they're going to something, right? But then you also recognize you're, you're dealing with the reality that they're not here when you come and mm -hmm. in your time together. But and there's... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's really important to be able to just recognize what, what that process is. 
I mean, obviously, we know that every hardship is an invitation to experience the supernatural power of God in our lives. And, but what I want you to also recognize is that there still is a process. There is something you need to be able to go through, and this is part of what we're, you know, we're all about, is to really get people more in touch with what really is happening in their heart. What are the feelings that are there? What, what really do I need to recognize? And how can I actually grieve the loss and still embrace the fact that God's doing something, and I can grow and I can mature? Because if you just jump right ahead going, oh, it's a hardship, yeah, God's using this, it's going to work out for good, and you never even think about or process those hard things, I was, I was using an example yesterday when we were talking with some of the guys. I said, look, you know, when Lazarus died, Jesus came. And Jesus did what when he got there? He wept. Do you think Jesus didn't know he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead? He could have said, ah, you don't have to feel that way. You guys just... I got it. Yeah, just wipe those tears away. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. No, what he did was he stepped into the moment with them empathized with the pain they were experiencing, but he also felt that pain. He loved Lazarus. There was relationship there. And so in that moment, he embraced where he was so his heart could be full and really be in a place where he could properly process and then move into the next season. I want to read a little something from you, Stephen. I've been working our way through this book called The Voice of the Heart by Chip Dodd. It is not for wimps. Um, but it is just transforming our lives as we are going back and looking and exploring eight emotions and looking at our life and our, our marriage together and processing maybe some painful places that we've passed but haven't appropriately processed. Um, but I want to read a little something to you on the emotion of sad. When I die, I hope there will be a lot of people and great sadness at my funeral. I want people to weep about my being gone. I want them to cry because the man they knew is no longer with them. I want them to say that I was known and that I was loved, that I mattered. And while they are honoring my life with their tears, they will be honoring their own hearts even more because they have opened their hearts to being known. Their tears will express the state of their hearts and allow them to recognize that they do indeed matter to themselves and to a relationship that was important. They allowed me as someone they loved to get to them. They allowed themselves to be vulnerable by acknowledging that they could love. Sadness is the loving feeling because it expresses value and honor for something or someone gone or lost. Sadness is for wealthy-hearted people. So we want to invite you to not avoid yeah. what you're feeling, to not deny it, to not medicate it, to not dismiss it, but to sit with your heart and invite the Lord to be there with you. Take time to write a letter to the people that you've lost. You never send it to them. Does that make sense? So we've watched you guys overcome obstacles and hardships. 
The fourth one is that you've chosen to not be an island, but to stay connected to sources of wisdom, strength, and encouragement outside of yourselves. And I want to say that's really hard sometimes for very capable leaders, okay? And we are connected with a lot of pastors, and we get more calls from Jesse and Jessica than all the other pastors that we relate to. <laughs> he goes, maybe that's a bad thing. No, actually, it's, actually, it's what, that, what that is saying yeah. is I'm wise enough to know when I need to pull on wisdom. I'm wise enough to know when I need an outside perspective. Mm -hmm. I'm wise enough to know when I'm stressed, when I'm tired, and I, and I just need someone to lean on. That's wisdom. Okay. And let me just say it's not always because they're looking for advice because they right. really probably already know what to do. They already maybe even have the unction to do it. It's a matter of just being in a relationship and being able to share with one another. So they've, they've yeah. done a good job of bringing outside voices in, which is really humility. Outside counsel and support, which shows your interdependence. You've chosen to be accountable. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, they are accountable to us for their marriage. Mm -hmm. When they're struggling, they say, hey, can we talk? They don't just try to lone ranger it, okay? That is a leader you can trust. Not because they're perfect. Not because they have it all figured out. Not because they're super mature in every area of life and marriage and ministry. No, but they know who they are connected to, and they've mm -hmm. allowed themselves to have a source of strength around them. And that really is healthy dependency. And so, you know, Proverbs 24, 6 in the New King James says it this way. It says, for by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. And in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So you're going to fight, yeah. but you're going to draw on strength mm -hmm. from around you. And then the fifth thing that we have seen to be true about this house is that you guys are committed to personal growth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. <laughs> Uh, I, we just love hearing what you're doing next and what's happening and how you're doing, how you're working with the kids. Like, oh, man, some of the testimonies that we are hearing about how what's happening here on Sundays is translating into your families. Mm -hmm. How parents are taking things that they are learning from the children's ministries area and employing it in their family. They're getting ideas and they are running with um, just the culture that you're creating here. It's infiltrating your homes and your families. And, and um, perfection is never the goal. We learned this from Steve Backlund, a dear friend of ours, and one of your apostolic coverings. Perfection is never the goal in the kingdom, but growth and progress is. Amen. Amen. Being able to really see and practice a good work and life balance. I love seeing these yeah. guys go on vacation. <laughs> You need to be excited when you see them going on vacation. Everybody say? Amen. And why is that so important? What was that? <laughs> I could go next week. He could go next week. <laughs> yeah, totally. Why do you want to see them going on vacation and having fun and doing new things? Why? They are refreshed. And when they are refreshed, who benefits from their refreshing? Y'all do. It's just like when mom and dad, when we are doing really good, our kids are doing really good, right? And so just that discipline, I mean, and we've walked with you guys from no kids to uh, your, your family, and watching them make decisions and choices mm -hmm. 
concerning work-life balance and having those conversations. They're modeling for you a healthy way, something that this house can continue to do that is sustainable. Well, and getting, you know, it, it's important for all of us to have soul care. I mean, we can just keep pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. But if we don't have a way to actually get refreshed right. and be able to really be reinvigorated for the journey, we just burn out. And pretty soon you find out. And, and actually, let me just say, there have been lots of church plants that right. they've gone hard. They they've gone at it long and they've gone at it with no breaks. And then you don't see the church anymore. Yeah. It's like it folds right. up. Okay. So so what are those five things that we want to celebrate with you? You have a clear what? Mandate. Mm -hmm. That you've kept the first things that, where's the third one? Ah, that you've been committed to overcoming and hardships, mm -hmm. and you have chosen to not be a, mm -hmm. but to be connected. Mm -hmm. Okay? And then, you're and then the last one. That you've had a what? commitment to what? Personal growth. All right? Now, what we want to do is we want to just envision you with five things for the next five years. Now that doesn't mean you're gonna take one at a time. Get it? We just want you to grab them and run. Okay, <laughs> Proverbs 24.3 from the Amplified Version. Through skillful and godly wisdom, a house is built, a life, a home, a family. And by understanding, and that word understanding is an understanding or discernment, reasoning, and skill, it is established on a sound and good foundation. So these are five things we want to challenge you with today. First one is generosity. And, you know, normally when we start talking about generosity, people always go to finance. <clears throat> but when you're talking about being a part of a family, it's really just your personal self being invested. So obviously finance would be a part of that. But there are so many gifts and so many talents and even just time and what you can right. actually provide. Listen, there's not, this group right here, mm -hmm. if you were working in harmony, if you were working in uh, tandem with one another, if you were all working together, there's not anything that you couldn't right. accomplish. And I've seen pictures, I think it was the Amish uh, community where they were actually uh, taking a barn from one field yeah. to another, and it was just all the men got around, and they just they had yeah. this building on their shoulders, and they were walking, just walking through. And I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me! Barn raising yeah. in a day. It's like yeah, without you didn't even have to raise it; they just moved it, and it was it was. <laughs> it was so raised. The, the point was, you know, obviously the power of unity and the power of being together in a vision and moving the same direction, right. there's just not anything you guys can accomplish. We want to encourage you to be generous with your personal selves in relationship with one another. Mm. It's really easy to come on Sunday and not see people until when? The next Sunday. Okay? We want to encourage you to start reaching out. Start finding somebody that to bring home for Sunday lunch or to connect with and have them come over for Friday dinner, game night, eating. We had so much of our time with Jesse and Jessica in Reading was playing games and telling crazy stories and laughing like mm -hmm. silly fools, mm -hmm. okay? But that's how we bonded. That's how we grew. When there was a need, it was natural to reach out. Why? Because we had been generous with our personal selves. 
And see, in relationship. We had, been, we had been generous in our time, in our resources with each other. And the reality is we're all busy at some level, right? And sometimes, I mean, seriously, just lifestyles, everything. It really is busy. If you got kids, maybe even more kids, and then you're, they're the age there in sports. And I mean, listen, the list can go on and on and on. And you can be so busy, it's like, I don't have any more time. I, I can't go down and help do whatever at the church, or I can't go and, and, and do this, or I can't. It's always the I can't, I can't, because you're limited by this finite vision of time, or even maybe your energy. And yet Proverbs 11.25 says that it, the liberal soul is made fat, right. and he that waters will be watered also himself. This is one of those principles in the kingdom where it's like, no, when you give, actually even 2 Corinthians 9, 6 or 8 says, whoever sows generously will also reap. Generously. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap. Sparingly. And then she already touched on this part, but each man should give what he's decided in his heart, heart to, to give, give not, not reluctantly, reluctantly or under compulsion, compulsion for, for God, God loves a cheerful, cheerful giver. And God, God is, is able to make all grace abound so that, that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I want to say yeah. to you, so much of what you need is going to come through what you give. Mm -hmm. Generosity is contagious. And really, you it's should, an attitude of the heart. It is. Yeah. And you should make it your heart's desire and goal to look for places to give exceedingly abundantly above. Does that make sense? So we're not talking just finances, but mm -hmm. what? how else are we speaking about this in? In regards to what? Service, time, energy, uh huh, gifting, and personal resource. All right? Okay, so number two. Man, the Lord's just ringing this word over as I've been praying for you for two weeks. Steadfast. I want you to say, stand firm. That word steadfast, resolutely, uh, resolutely <laughs> or dutifully firm and unwavering. Loyal, faithful, committed, devoted, dedicated, dependable, reliable, steady, true, constant. This is how you establish a house. This family needs every single person in this room and those whom God has called who are not yet here. It is going to require every single one of you to find your place and be steadfast. To find the place where you are serving and to be resolute. To bring to the corporate gathering each time you are together, your person. Everybody say, I'm going to bring my person. Because another person needs my person. And so maybe some of what you're bringing in this season, some of what you are, are, are being resolute about is not coming casually to Sunday, but coming intentionally, coming purposefully, coming with a, a word in due season. Come looking for someone that needs your presence. 
Hey. Now, obviously, we already said the five-year mark is kind of now stepping into a new season. It's this place of grace that God bestows because of a readiness, right? Okay, well, we know that when Moses died in the wilderness, there was a charge given to Joshua. And in those first few verses, I think it starts like at verse 6, but there's three times in that first chapter where the Lord exhorts Joshua again to be strong, be courageous. The next time it says, be very strong and courageous. And then again, be strong and courageous. What he's doing is saying, no, just stay firm. Move ahead. You don't have anything to worry about. I'm with you. I'm going before you. I'm going to provide everything you need. But you need to be steadfast in the vision that I'm putting before you. So everybody say, I'm standing firm. I'm standing firm. Okay, number three, submission to the mission. Hmm. Without a vision, people do what? They perish. What's another version? They do what? They what? Wander. What's another one? Let's see how well you know different versions. They go around in circles. Well, I've not read that one, but yes, that's, that's, that is that's what true. they do. That is so true. They cast off restraint. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's vision that keeps you focused. Mm-hmm. How is it that a woman gives birth? Because she has a vision of holding that baby. And it's that vision and her submission to the vision that empowers her to birth that thing through a canal. Not that thing, that, that thing. baby. <laughs> <laughs> through, through the canal. Okay? Or like in my situation, go through 20 hours of hard, of hard labor and then have an emergency C-section and not a meltdown because I'm not doing a vaginal delivery. Okay? Submission to the mission. I love this, this definition, again, out of this book for submission. It's so kind of interesting. It's really, really interesting. He said, submission is choosing to give and serve out of love's sake. Okay, by being willing to live with and uh, live within the appropriate authority of another. So in other words, it's, it's recognizing who someone else is to you. It's recognize, recognizing what they carry and where they really, where you can actually come in and say, yeah, no, I'm going to submit here and I'm going to yeah. be a support too. I, I want to go back to that statement. Submission is choosing to give. Mm-hmm. Everybody say choosing to give. And serve. Out of love's sake. I'm telling you what, when you love, you sacrifice. Then he, when, goes, then he goes on to say, sometimes <laughs> submission. So this is the submission issue here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, gotcha. <laughs> sometimes submission is a return of grace and mercy for what we have received. Okay, submission can never be achieved through obligation. It is an act of liberation, not subjection. So again, that just goes back to a choice. It's just a simple choice to step in. So it's a love relationship that you cultivate in your heart for this house, for the mandate, and then you serve it. And then you give to the vision of this house. You give to the leadership. You give to the team that God's put to to oversee different areas. Why? Because of love's sake. 
All right. And let me so, just have a, a quick caveat here about submission. You know, I would never have done what I just did if I was really meaning that. <laughs> it's true. I can kid about it because I don't demand that. We are in a place where we mutually submit to one another. Ephesians okay? five twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Hebrews thirteen seventeen from the Mission Bible. No, the message. Message Bible. Well, it's a mission. It's, the it's, mission. it's a yeah. mission. Yeah. <laughs> Be responsive. Everybody say responsive, responsive. to your pastoral leaders. Listen to their counsel. They are alert to the condition of your lives and work under the strict supervision of God. Contribute to the joy of their leadership. I want to say to you, when they've contacted us and said, we need some input, we just need to talk about some things that are going on, I've never experienced Jesse and Jessica, being careless with your hearts. Mm. This is a scripture in another version that says your leaders will be accountable for your souls. So and it's not a light thing and the responsibility that falls upon them, and they take it seriously. They do take it seriously. And so we just want to say that in this season, we're asking you, to upgrade mm. your commitment to the house. We're asking you to upgrade how you give and how you serve for love's sake. Mm. Okay? The fourth thing is live wholeheartedly, you guys. Don't be half-baked. <laughs> Don't do something here and not do it out there. Mm. Don't come in here and shout hallelujah and go out there and use his name in vain. Do you understand what we're saying? Live wholeheartedly. Deal with your heart's pain. Yesterday we were with some people and just we all cried together because we were honest about our pain. We were honest about our sadness. But deal with your pain. Deal with your disappointment. Practice grace. Everybody say, I'm going to be gracious. The scripture is really clear. It is a man's glory to overlook an offense. How many of you have ever picked up a fence? Do you know what we're talking about? I mean, it's like literally if you picked up a piece of fence and you were walking around in here, you'd be knocking into people and bumping shoulders. It's hard to maneuver when you're carrying a fence, right? I'm serious. So, so get that you in your mind and recognize, no, I don't need to pick this up. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> Practice forgiveness. Stop carrying around a fence. Believe good intent. Seek to understand. Ask questions for curiosity's sake. Hey, Jesse, what exactly did you mean when you shared X, Y, and Z with me? Jessica, can you share more with me your heart around that statement that you just made? You want to know. Everybody say, I need to know. <laughs> Knowledge is power, okay? And it, en it enables you to live wholeheartedly. Proverbs 4.23, we love this scripture because it's so true. It's, above all er else, guard your heart. Right. Because out of it flow the issues of life. So that 
phrase doesn't mean to guard your heart from bad things coming in, even though that's important to do. But what it really means is to be aware of what's in your heart. Be aware of the things that are there, the thoughts, the attitudes, because under pressure, whatever's in there is going to come squeaking out. And so you need to be aware. So guard your heart. Make sure your heart is clean. And that's why she was saying, deal with your pain. Deal with your disappointments. It's normal and natural to go through things that are hurtful. We live in a world, a real world, that has a lot of hurt and pain in it. And we need to be able to deal with that. But don't let it reside in there because it will come out and infect the rest of you. So wholeheartedly means when you come in for worship, you're wholeheartedly. You give wholeheartedly financially. Okay? You listen to the word wholeheartedly and you choose to walk it out. And then the fifth one is stay hungry. Who knows how to stay hungry? How? How do you stay hungry? You eat. This is a nutritionist. Did you know that it only takes you in a fast to get through day five to not feel hungry anymore? Get through day five and you're not hungry anymore. Why? Because your brain and your body shifts. The way you stay hungry is by eating. Stay hungry. Keep in the word. Be in the word. Read fresh new books. We have a dear friend of ours from a church in Washington that we love to go to, Jim. He just sent me a text the other day, and he said, have you seen this book? (laughs) This book is rocking our world. I think you should get this book. So what did I do? I immediately went on Amazon read through it, look at it, and see if I could get it, check it out at my library. It's not on Audible there yet. So I will get that book. Why? Because we are staying hungry. We are staying hungry with growing personal awareness. Everybody say EQ. EQ. Stay hungry to grow in the area of emotional intelligence. Say RQ. RQ. <laughs> Stay hungry to grow in relational intelligence. You guys as a body here, the mandate that's on your life, you're only as strong out there as you are strong in here. Okay? One thing we know about Jessica and Jesse is that they didn't come here just to build a church. They actually came to rally a people together, to really be able to find people who had a similar heart, a similar vision, a similar call that could actually come together in community and actually affect change in a region. So together this year, five things. What are they? Generosity. Everybody say it with me. Generosity. Generosity. Being steadfast. steadfast. Submitted to the mission. Living wholeheartedly and staying hungry. So I really want you to receive this as a charge. From Hebrews 10, 22 to 25, it says, so let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. Full of belief, confident that we are presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially when we see the big day approaching. Now, let me just say, 
over the last several years, there have been a lot of shifts and changes in the way that churches have functioned with the pandemic, obviously with the streaming and all the things that have gone on and the things that really are available. And I have no problem with the streaming side of it. I think it's amazing because there are times where we can't be in a particular place and it's awesome to be able to either tap into it live or go back and see it and catch up on it so we can stay current with what's happening in our community. But there is something about, and in our work with relationships, obviously, it's all about connection. And so when you have people that are only contacting each other over text, or you're only getting a Zoom connection, or you're, listen, it, those things help and can be an addition, but nothing takes the place of face-to-face -face encounters. encounters with people. So you don't want to give up meeting together because, again, this is part of your strength. This is part of being able to know who you are and who you belong with. That's it. And being able to move forward to actually affect change for this region. So everybody say happy birthday. Happy birthday. We're five years old. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Overflow Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon. For more information, visit OverflowIndy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy.